It's time for Nothing But Sex. Hosted by Maxim Sex columnist Vanessa Delagi. Fierce, unapologetic, politically incorrect. The topics will wet more than just your appetite. Let's journey through taboo sexual terrain with a delicious earful of nothing but sex. Here's Vanessa. For over the last decade, I have been using the term fierce female sexuality to describe my brand of sex writing, but also to describe my own sexuality. And people have often asked me, what does fierce female sexuality mean to you and how would you define it? Well, I would say that fierce female sexuality is fierce, (laughs) Um, big surprise there, and I would say that it is raw and unfiltered, unashamed, unapologetic, it can be politically incorrect, and it is definitely very, very blunt. In 2013, I had an erotic short book launch. It was published by a Parisian publisher. And when I say erotic short book, I mean a book that is under 12,000 words. And anyway, readers were writing to me saying, oh, we loved your book, but that is not erotica. It's too blunt to be erotica. That is pornography. And people have said similar regarding my sex blogs and my columns. But I will say that I will not submit a sex column to a men's magazine or a newspaper unless I am aroused writing it. And the same goes for my explicit sex blogs that I upload to my website. If my pussy isn't fucking soaking wet, it does not get uploaded because if I as the writer am not turned on by what I am writing, well then how can I expect the reader to be turned on by what what I'm writing? So I'm quite authentic in that way. And I used to use the term uh, sex positivity to describe my work and describe myself as a sexual woman. I used to say, I'm a sex positive woman. And I'll just say that sex positivity means it's about inclusiveness. It's about not being judgmental. So inclusiveness in the way of gender, in the way of sexuality, kinks, race, uh, anything goes pretty much apparently but except it doesn't. I found after 10 years of writing, or more, more than 10 years, but writing about sex for the international market, the sex positive community reminds me in many ways of the feminist community. So as long as you toe the line, as long as you spruik the approved message, well, then they will love you. But as soon as you veer off path and actually think for yourself, they will basically throw you to the wolves. And I'm not into that. So I think for myself, I make my own decisions. And that is what fierce female sexuality is basically about. I think that's the best way to sum it up. It is about a woman blazing her own trail in spite of what 
feminism and the patriarchy, like the rules and regulations that they have implemented. Make your own decisions just because they tell you that you can't feel this way or you shouldn't do that sex act or you can't be with a man that's 40 years older than you, like it's impossible, it's a power imbalance. You don't have to listen to them, just just live your own life. (laughs) It's just like, ah, they just try and control everything. It drives me nuts. And as it is, we have so many messages coming to us all the time, how much water we should drink a day, what we should look like at a certain age, if we should own a house, when we should own a house, what type of car we should drive, um, you know, all the degrees we should hold. We are getting told what to do every day. But I think when it comes to your sex life, own it. It's kind of, that's where I draw the line. Do not fucking come in to my bedroom. Do not start telling me what I'm allowed to be aroused by and what is okay between me and a sexual partner. Because as long as it is okay between the other person and myself, that is all that fucking matters. So, I think I'll close the episode now, but I just wanted to say that when I was a little girl and I'd watch movies with my mother, that's my greatest memory of my mum and I. I loved my mum and dad so much, but my greatest memory is uh, they were very much into 1950s cinema and music. And so I have many happy memories thinking about that. But I was always drawn to the scandalous woman, the mistress, the concubine, the whore. Um, They just seemed so feisty and spirited to me. And I just thought when I get older, I want to be like that. I want to own my sexuality and be strong and and be spirited. But not only that, even the visuals um, of how they how they were stereotyped and presented in those movies, like red lipstick and cleavaged bosom and booty and all the beautiful stuff in life. And I just sort of thought, when I get older, when I grow up, that's how I'm going to be. And so, in a way, I I found my pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because I have manifested. (laughs) I have manifested into that. And I'll just say one more thing. If you haven't explored archetypes, it is definitely worth typing into Google and learning about them. Um, So I was just talking about sexual archetypes before, but Carl Jung, the theorist, he's written some great books and a lot of his work involves archetypes and it is a subject that you can just delve so deep into. It has so many layers. I mean, I don't know everything about it, but I have written about it quite a bit. And I think there definitely is something of what you are naturally drawn to. Some people are drawn to the child archetype. Some people are drawn to the father or the mother or the or the teacher or whatever. I'm drawn to the whore. <laughs> so very strange episode, but nevertheless, it's a question that people have asked me. So I thought that I would answer it. And um, I look forward to recording the next episode. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard here, Hit subscribe in your podcast app to get every episode and share it with whoever you dare. You can see more about Vanessa at vanessadelagi.net. Thanks for listening to Nothing But Sex. Please come again.